Hello again, my name is Russ Clemmer. I'm with Legacy Advisory Partners, and I'm the host of our podcast, The Three Wins. Today, I'm joined by Brandon Schaefer from Pauley's Island, South Carolina. Brandon is a leadership guru, team development aficionado, and really a communication specialist. He's got a couple of different Swiss Army Knife communication-centered areas that he's able to work with clients in and really guide them through developing their businesses, their organizations, their teams, leadership capabilities to lead and guide their teams and organizations to the best they can be. Brandon, I think we connected about three years ago through a couple of different folks whether it was uh, the Merrills or David got connected with you through Phil or somebody connected us, but it's been a lot, a great learning experience since then. You've helped us in several different ways and look forward to getting your story captured here on the three wins podcast. Thanks for joining. Gosh, thanks Russ. Great to be here. And really excited about what you guys do as well. Love the three wins. And of course the great eight and the work you do to, really help people see things differently and the impact that that has and working with the leaders and teams that you guys engage with. So I've enjoyed the front row seat uh, as well and excited to be with you guys today. Thanks, Brandon. So Brandon, give give the audience a little background on your firm, what you guys are, are doing there in Pauley's Island, really across the nation, different things, different times. Kind of give a background on what you guys do and how you do it and, and what you're excited about right now. Yeah, sure. So so I cut my teeth in the corporate world. I grew up on a farm in Iowa, went to Iowa State University for my undergrad, became a Christian my sophomore year through Campus Crusade. And so I worked for Motorola in their European headquarters. And in doing that, I kind of had to make a decision because you know, Motorola is such a technical company. You have to decide pretty quickly. Are you going to go to the technical route, probably go back, get a master's degree in some shape or form, or are you going to go the non-technical route? So of course, I went the non-technical route, thank God, and got into really internal people development. So for Motorola, internal training, development, content, leadership tools, it really, really found I love that path and doing everything you can to help people win within the organization. And in doing that, what I discovered is that the right coach with the right content, with the right humility and the person you're working with, you can take a a level five leader and bump them up to eight to nine, even a 10. And I just really caught the power of coaching. Of course, when I came back to the U.S., did the same thing with pharmaceutical company in Indianapolis and, and Lily paid for my MBA. I went to a Christian grad school. That's really where I caught a hold of, you know what, coaching is just another word for discipleship. And and, and funny enough, discipleship is Jesus's last word of the matter. Therefore, go and make disciples. And so I was really convicted and hooked from there that I want to give my life to really helping helping leaders go after all God has for them in life. And so I left the corporate world and eventually started Five Capitals Coaching and Consulting, which is really helping CEOs and teams thrive. And that led me to seminary. My dissertation was on biblical tools and frameworks for business. And, you know, that's the big part of of what I do day in, day out is lead that organization. We're headquartered here in South Carolina. And, you know, the big topics right now with leaders that we're working with is leader readiness. You know, what does it look like to make sure that we've got leaders at the ready? How do we raise up leaders that ensure that we're able to handle the growth, the vision opportunities we want to go after? 
Self-awareness and empathy is a really big topic right now as well. You know, this next generation, they're so causal, you know, they want to work with an organization that really does have a mission, vision, values they believe in, walk in the talk. They want a, a coach more than they want a boss. And so that that empathy, communication, coaching skills, we do a lot of work with the Enneagram within businesses. That's a big, a big topic as well. And then what's your niche? What, what can you be best in the world at? So much pruning happened during COVID that people have realized, man, we need to be as profitable, focused, and efficient as possible. So we come along a lot, come alongside a lot of organizations to really hone into kind of core profit centers, core purpose, core product mix that they can really focus and deliver well. So we call it connection and distinction strategy. How are they uniquely poised to connect with their clients and customers in the market and then be distinct, stand alone, stand apart long term so that you kind of build a remote, a moat around your, your business, around your clients. That's really hard to, to penetrate, really easy to protect because why would they ever leave you? So that's a handful of the topics that we're working with a lot of clients and teams around. Yeah. So you mentioned the name of your company, The Five Capitals. Now, I've had the benefit of, of hearing about The Five Capitals, being coached with The Five Capitals a little bit. Get a little background. Why five? What are the capitals? Dig into that a little bit for us. Yeah. So so when I left the corporate world, uh, executive pastor for a church, started coaching CEOs on the side. What, one of the things I realized is, gosh, it was so easy for business leaders to not even know that they're leaving, they're living one day on Sunday and then another way Monday through Saturday. And no wonder they're living the compartmentalized life. No wonder they're living the mediocre life. No wonder they're not, they're not happy, joyful, you know, whatnot. So as I dug in, I came across a, a person who's now retired, and, but still a good friend, Mike Breen. And he was toying with this idea around capital. And so I said, you know, what? I think we could apply this to the business world. And so when we work with CEOs and teams, we have this concept that has a, a personal side and then a, a professional corporate side. And on the personal side, it's saying, listen, you need to live the same order, the same priorities day in, day out, if you really want to live life to the full, which is one of the things that Jesus promises. And so on the personal side, the five capitals, based on the parable of the talents, you know, the, the level five leader got five talents, the, the, the top servant got five talents. He doubled it. We believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, everyone has the potential to be a five-talent leader and, and to double it. That was the initial idea of the five. And those are number one spiritual capital. It's the one no one can take away from you. It's knowing your why, knowing your calling. It's measured in intimacy and, and obedience. It's going after something bigger than yourself. What's the dent in the universe you're called to bring in this world, in your lifetime? And, and spiritual capital is all about that deep intimacy with the Lord and the fact that in that oneness, in that intimacy, he will lead you. He will lead you in the things he's calling you to do here in this life. And whether your job goes away, you get hit by a hurricane, no one can take away your why. No one can take away your identity and calling. That's why spiritual capital is most important. Then the second one is relational capital. It's love God, love people. 
And relational capital is all about health and productivity and relationships. Uh, nobody wants toxic relationships. No one wants unproductive relationships. We want to work with people that we love, enjoy, and get things done with. We love Margaret Mead, the, the famous social psychologist that said, no doubt a small group of people can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that has. We love small teams on mission going for it, whether it's David and his mighty men, whether it's Jesus and the 12 disciples, whether it's band of brothers, you know, whatever it may be, it's this small group of men and women all pointing in the wrong direct, right direction can create this ripple effect. And that's what relational capital is, is clarity, unity, health, and productivity as we engage people. And that's all the one another's, right? We got to love one another, forgive one another, serve one another, all that builds. It's not what you know, who you know in the world. So it's spiritual, relational. The third one is physical capital. And time is the great equalizer. So physical capital is measured in energy and in hours. You got to be healthy. You got to take care of yourself. You, you can't do much for God if you're dead, right? So we need this reality of getting up each day and going after it because we're taking care of ourselves, taking care of our bodies. And then you got to think through each and every day what you're going to spend your time on. That is so important with the, that reality of hours. You know, the thing about physical capital is it's the middle one and it's the only one that is a tension to manage, not a problem to solve. You can't solve time. It's outside of your control. And like it or not, we're all on this earth one day less than yesterday. And so that time is the great equalizer, whether you're the president, the pope or people like you and me, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And so we have to manage that tension and discern and decide each and every day what we're going to kind of give our hand to. And so it's spiritual, relational, physical. And then the, the fourth and the fifth is intellectual and financial. Intellectual is all about wisdom. It's about skills. It's about ideas and innovation. All wisdom comes from God. We need to make wise decisions, discerning decisions. We need to be open to new ideas, new opportunities. We basically say that intellectual capital is about being humble and hungry every day, open to new ideas, new possibilities, yeah. being a learner. And then, of course, financial capital, that's the concrete. It's the easiest. It's dollars and cents. It's stewardship. It's taking care of your bottom line. Yeah. These are the five capitals. And the catch, and, and we can talk, and I'll move to the professional side briefly. The catch is that most people put these capitals in the wrong order. They chase money. They chase the approval of people. You know, They, they chase their own stuff, their own physical stuff. And all these idols basically diminish your potential to live life to the full. And so we help yeah. people kind of see where they're at in these five areas, where their order is wrong Monday through Saturday, and then help them recalibrate to truly go after all God has for them. Mm. I love that. So the professional side, there's a little tweak to it. Yeah. So what's fun is all truth is God's truth, right? So it works. Yeah. Works in the professional. So what is the professional equivalent? So we call these the five priorities. Spiritual capital is purpose, right? So that's number one is clarity of purpose. The, the best companies have a clear and compelling purpose that they actually believe in and go after and live out. It's not just on a website or a wall. So purpose. The second one is people or culture. Right. So clear and compelling purpose, take great care of people. We hire, we, we invest, we equip, we come alongside, we stick with those great, great leaders that we have within our organization. Yeah. The 
Third one is pace. So physical capital equates to pace. And pace is about being scalable and sustainable. Nobody wants to burn out or blow up. No one wants to be an Enron or a Goldman Sachs or a Blockbuster or a Kodak. No one wants to wake up and realize their ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. So that, that's the pace piece. Perception, that's the innovation piece. Perception's in the eye of the beholder. We need teams that are open to new innovations, new ideas, always discerning, perceiving what's next, keeping that edge. And then of course, the last one, financial capital equals profitability. Taking care of your bottom line, ensuring that you've got the resources to wisely vest, invest in, in the future. So purpose, people, pace, perception, profitability is the professional equivalent. And again, you keep those in the right order, right? You don't put money over purpose. You don't put, you know, new ideas over where we're going, right? We don't kind of get shiny object syndrome. You keep those in the right order. Yeah, you, you're setting your company up for success. And we've got two different assessments to prioritize life, to prioritize leader. 50 yeah. questions helps leaders discern where they're at in these five areas. I love this. And, you know, just probably two weeks ago, we were sitting there, have a little family devotion on a Saturday morning and the parable of the talents came up. Mm, yeah. We were, we were talking about, we were talking about the different things going on. Right. And so the, the kids are saving some money. They're doing some different things. And like, I just, how do we earn more money? I said, well, you can take the money you've earned and go earn more money. You continue to work and go, you know, be able to make more money that way and, and get new cash. And part of that conversation was, like you said, well, why did that guy get five and the other one only get two? And there's a, there's right. And, and so part of that is, well, the master, the owner of those talents knew how much to give each one, right? They, he knew the person and just like God knows us and wants us to bring us along in that area. And that's that, that level five leader that made me, you know, think a, a good thing to take back to my kids. But, you know, professionally and personally, God has God has us in our family. God has us in businesses. God has us in community organizations. God has us in churches. God has us in a number of different arenas where we're supposed to express these different truths. And I love that you've differentiated them from key words, but the, the truth is still there. Right. It's just translated a little bit of a different way. So when you guys work through those assessments, you guys work through the personal or the professional side of things, what are some stories? What are some things that kind of the, the, the most common place where you find a CEO, right? What, what are some areas that you guys say, hey, these are, the, these are the three or four things that we see most common that CEOs need to be able to dig into leaders and founders of companies, organizations? What are the things that they need to be able to probably look out for the most or the most often you see? Yeah. So three things I'm going to pick on kind of any of our older listeners, maybe 45 or 50 and above in the eighties and the nineties, you know, there was really such a focus on growth. There's just a kind of exponential growth that happened over those, those 12 to 15 years that people were making a lot of money and it became cool to have kind of a vision statement, a mission statement, a tagline, but it was more of a marketing exercise than it was, do we really believe it? So I work with a lot of older leaders that say, hey, my younger rising leaders are really kind of challenging me and calling me like, 
Why do we have this as our values when no one remembers it or lives it out? Why is this our purpose when it's so obviously about this? And so those uh, late 20, 30 year olds are challenging. So we meet a lot of boomers that say, you know what, to be honest with you, I don't even know what, what is on our about us page on our website. I just want to, you know, retire and set the company up and, and, you know, you know, whatever it may be. And so we, we meet a lot of people with a little bit of a, what we call a crisis of faith. You know, who are we? What are we all about? What is our brand, our, our identity? And it, it takes some digging deep with that leader team, with that founder CEO to say, why, why'd you start the company in the first place? You know, what, what, at the end of the day, what are you passionate about? What are you wanting to go after? And the big thing we encourage is honesty. It, it's amazing. I worked with the CEO, we dug deep and we got to just some profound heart moments where he grew up and his grandma didn't have air conditioning. And so he started what is now an incredibly successful HVAC company. And we got to the bottom of it. And he has this just sweet heart, sweet vision about helping people less enfranchised with just the basic things, right? Like, you know, the the way his grandma lived was, was atrocious. And so we mined out a mission vision statement, pretty incredible for someone that installs HVAC units, right? But then there's there's another leader I worked with and he said, you know what, I'm kind of burnt out, I'm kind of done. I, I really just want to set up the company for my kids. There wasn't a lot there, if we're going to be honest. But yeah. guess what? There's power in naming things, just saying that out loud to his kids and to his leadership team who love this older gentleman. They're like, it's fine. Okay, now we know that. Let's stop pretending it's about all these other things. And let's get you out of here in the next 20 months. Let's set the company up for success. And we will dream and scheme and figure out what the next 20 years is supposed to be all about for this company. And so we just, we work with kind of digging deep and honesty on that purpose category. The second thing we come out alongside is people are just tired. They're burnout. We do a lot of pace coaching and consulting, just kind of how do we, you know, predictable patterns, scalable strategies, the power of repetition, helping people get back to a, a TikTok schedule, a scalable and sustainable strategy. That's been a lot in the last eight, 12 months, people coming out of COVID, finding they've just been surviving. They're pretty tired. And then the next one would be disruption and just helping people think through innovation and ideas. Technology moves so fast. Innovation moves so fast. These companies really have their heart in the right spot, but how do we keep our edge? How do we stay relevant in a market that always seems to be changing? So a lot of kind of innovation, disruption, coaching, and strategy would would be the top three, I think, usual suspects that people find themselves in a bit of a quandary, stuck, crisis, and we come alongside. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things, you know, just personally working with you guys on a, on a, and I don't remember the name you, you described, but we work with you guys on getting feedback on some of these ideas, Right. Mm-hmm. We were having David and I are having some ideas and, and we're writing a book with uh, I guess my screen back down here. Hang on just a second. But we write we write a book on writing a book on the grade eight, a rewrite on the grade eight, the CEOP, which incorporates the three wins. So we're trying mm-hmm. to get all of that messaging in there and how do we do it? And who do we write it to and all these different things? And that's just a, one example, but you put together a phenomenal feedback group. Talk through how you, how you, because there's so many people 
that have these ideas and have these questions and have these things walk through some of that with how you set that up and, and you know, what some of those stories coming out of that process have been like for other folks. Yeah. So what, one of the things, one, one of our edges as an organization, we're always trying to kind of trying to discern and pioneer our next edge is really business psychology and organizational psychology in the sports world to be called performance psychology. What are the, what are the hindered hindrances that keep leaders from really you know, bringing their highest and best to work each and every day. And so we have a, a product suite called Freedom Year, helps people kind of get past their wounds, vows, assumptions, blind spots. And in, in doing this work and researching and going through, you know, books, resources, training, one of the things that we uh, have discovered and research has validated is as leaders and really as humans, but as leaders, we actually see pretty poorly. We see our organization from our unique kind of one-dimensional lens. It's only really showing us one side of the house. And we actually remember and say our stories really poorly. We, you know, memory experts has tell us that any given story, you, you recall with about 40% accuracy. Right. And so that's why, you know, you're at the family reunion and they're like, that's not how I remember it. Right. And that your aunt saying it one way and, and, and all that. Right. So all this research has helped us realize that, boy, the power of safe and honest feedback is mission critical because A, there's power in naming things and B, facts are friendly. And so the more the more people we can engage and, and it has to be both of those together safe and honest. If, if it's safe, but not honest, you know, it's fluff. If, if it's honest, but not safe, it, it's bullying. You, you need both. And so if we can name and affirm that the, the more lenses we can have looking at a house, well, then all of a sudden we're going to get a better reality. We're going to get a better path and we're going to get a better or clearer vision. And this isn't new, right? 360 feedback, you know, whatnot. But we bring kind of a unique, more relational kind of live lens, both qualitative and quantitative to our process. So there is a, objective surveys, you know, that people fill out. We get we get data, but then we also get conversation and interviews and, and, and group you know, group feedback sessions and all of that help us to, to both see reality and discern the best path forward. Yeah. Well, and what I appreciated is that, you know, I've, David and I just released, David Harper and I just released another podcast video that talks about our experience going through a family ownership and leadership transition. Right. And so where we are in that process, what that's been like, what some of the pitfalls have been. There. And that's what we do for a living in, in a lot of projects. And so we're walking through that process and thinking through those different things. And the book comes up, the idea of the book. What do we want to do with this book? And this book, the grade eight, has been something that we've been using in different processes and things like that. And I've been and you know, the story, you remember the project. And one of those was, well, we need to do a rewrite. And it's a great book. It's in, intertwined in what we do, but it can't be David as the author forever, right? And we need to make some adjustments. We need to go through some different things. And so the idea of a rewrite where both of our names would be on it, we have a ghostwriter and, and you know, everybody knows there's a, there's a person much smarter than us behind the 
LinkedIn articles that have been written on the great eight and everything. He's got him, Sean Lydon. So we've enjoyed working with him and the feedback that y'all gave us was factual. It was really good. It was different perspectives, but y'all took us through a process that David and I would not have been able to go through on our own. Mm -hmm. That was the value in that particular arena for us. And it was safe and honest. There was not one dust up between David and me and our personalities mixed in the same room. Every now and again, we get a little get into a little bit of a dust up, but it was a safe and honest process. And it was really, really helpful for people who, who have that, uh, that need to be able to work through those different ideas in a critical and fact-finding way. Yeah. Amen. And I just want to applaud you guys and, and maybe in, in applauding you, I can challenge some of our listeners you know, we we have met a lot of, of leaders and teams who find themselves, you know, stuck or in a crisis or in a quandary. And we talk through this process and there's a fair number of founder CEOs that, you know, just kind of go away. They just kind of don't don't follow up. And and it's not that they don't need it or see the 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 uh, the fruit of it or the potential of it, the, the testimonies, the results. But it really does take a special leader a mature leader to be willing to truly call, you know, be, be open to their baby being ugly, whatever that is, their book, their company. And, yeah. and so we, we look for three traits. And, and this is something that maybe your listeners could even think about. Like, do I really have these three traits? Because I think they're yeah. important in this day. Number one is you've got to be open. You've got to be open to feedback. You got to be open to your dearest things being, you know, encouraged and critiqued. Secondly, then you have to be courageous, courageous to say, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to make a change, you know, whatnot. And then there has to be humility because always, always, and I'm using that word, that superlative always, there's 30% or more of that CEO that is going to have to say this portion's wrong or I was wrong. That's better. You know, you know, that word's better. That chapter's better. That product idea is better. You know, that that industry advice, I missed it. I'm going to I'm going to trust you. And you you guys have engaged all three. And, you know, for what it's worth, it, it, it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the, the you know, the two different sides of the aisle. So, you know, I, and that's one of the reasons that I was, I've been drawn to the five capitals. We talk about profit, the collaboration effect on profit. Right. So it's the people behaviors that go and generate the desired outcome and profit, we, we go about it from a perspective of Mark 8.36, right? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his soul, right? And profit there is, is, a, is the word is advantage in many situations, the way it's used in the Bible and the New Testament. And in that particular sense, is, is stated as profit. But the advantage, what, you know, what are you doing? You're spending all this time and energy to go to get what, right? At what expense? What's the opportunity cost? around going and achieving whatever that advantage or profit is. And so when we talk about profit, we have to say, hey, listen, this is not just a dollar and cents situation. We're only looking at a profit and loss statement, a balance sheet. We're not looking at a valuation report. We're looking at all of these different areas that you need to set these goals for and and look through. But sometimes the the people who come and ask us and talk through and hear the way we do things, they don't want to look under the hood in all of those different areas. They don't want you to, they just want some answers to be able to improve the numbers. 
They don't want you to look at what you're doing with those numbers. And that's a little bit of our conviction to be able to say, hey, if you're going to go through all of this personal work, you've got to be able to state what the outcome is, right? What's the desired outcome? And is everybody on board with that desired outcome? And, you know, the discussions that David and I had behind the scenes when we were not on the project calls with you and your team, they were good. They were, they were, some of them were, were, you know, we were intense. Let's just put it that way, because it's very important, right? We have, we, we have convictions around different things, but the way that you guys navigated us through that, and what I would encourage to any CEO, founder, organizational leader to think through is if you don't, if they don't have a process for understanding what change to look for, change management, being open to that and letting a team come around them, then this process with you guys is extremely valuable. And that's a testimony coming from us personally. So as you kind of dig through that, right, as you, as you kind of look at the, the different process and you've got your way of looking at it, all truth is God's truth. So in 23 and beyond, like you're always building on what you've done in the past. In 23 and beyond, what are some things that you're really excited about? Where do, where do you see the Lord working? What do you see going on in organizations? What, what are some things you're really excited about being able to be a part of going forward? Yeah, you know, there, there's four things that are kind of our, our uh, top priorities for the year. One is we have a new Next Level Leader initiative. It's a one-year process to help leaders that are either the heir apparent, you know, they're going to be the CEO, they're going to be the, you know, the new company uh, at the top because maybe someone's retiring or, or whatnot. It also is for rising leaders as well. So we've been and will continue every quarter to launch Next Level Leader cohorts. And then the, I already mentioned the Freedom Year, a healing clarity and tools, anyone that's burnout, stuck, frustrated, that is another tool that we have launched just recently. And then thirdly, kind of a competitor product, I guess, to EOS, we have the seven essentials of business. Mm. And so it's a business snapshot that gives you red, yellow, green light in these seven essential areas, brand, culture, market, leadership, innovation, operations, finance. And that has been a wildly successful framework, visual and assessment, and then growth tool for growing businesses. So those would be three. And then we have a sister company called Hammock Coast Life. And so we are engaging and building, looking for investors in this kind of next phase of it. And we've got some fantastic Marsh beachfront property that we're putting 10 beach cottages and a meeting space on so that it's more conducive to CEOs and teams coming to Polly's to meet at. So, so three kind of coaching products that we uh, are engaging in, the, the Next Level Leader, the Freedom Year, and the Seven Essentials, and then the Land Development Project. Th those four are the majority of our days and weeks here in 2023. And spell that, the Amicus Life? Yeah, so the hammock. The hammock was invented here in Polly's Island. That's the claim to fame. At least the first one was sold here. A sea captain sold the first hammock here in Polly's late 1700s. And so we've got 18 miles of what is called the hammock coast. We're just north ah, of Charleston. Gotcha. And so it's hammockcoastlife.com. You can go there. You can see all of our properties, adventures, excursions, training, and events. If you're looking for a beach getaway, you can book with us and come come hang out with us here uh, here at the beach. Awesome. Well, and, and you know, you and I talked about this before we hit play 
on the podcast, but growing up in, in a little bit further south than you in the uh, Hilton Head Island area, Bluffton, Hilton Head Island area, a lot of family in Ridgeland and up the coast a little bit and, and a lot of memories. My mama grew up right there on uh, James Island. The house she grew up in is still sitting there close to, you know, the, the, the pier location. And I'm sure that's a beautiful place. And, and so anybody listening, we'll put the link to that in the description. But also, and also, there are a couple of pieces of information that you have for me. We're going to tuck into the description as well. Some different flyers and different information pieces on some of these initiatives and some just to learn more for everybody going through this process. And I think the key, going back to openness, courage, and humility, right? Those are the three things that you just said, the three traits, openness, courage, and humility. You know, it, they sound so simple, but they're the hardest things to do, right? But showing those three traits, living those three traits are so very hard, especially on a day in and day out. You can have some spurts of those, but keeping them consistent. How do you help people be consistent in those areas? Yeah, so that that's great. I get that question a lot. Well, I'll give you just a quick thought for each one. For openness, we always say, what what's something that you're excited about or interested in that you've either left or lost or just haven't made time for? I talked to a CEO yesterday. He says, I used to love science fiction novels. Like I used to love science fiction fantasy, you know, Lord of the Rings, Dune, you know, all of that you know, Star Wars. And so I said, okay, this weekend, you know, watch a movie, you know, or pick up a book, right? Can you do that just for 30 minutes, even just 30 minutes of a Star Wars movie? And he says, yes, I can do that, right? So that's just building on that openness. It doesn't have to be directly connected to business. On the courage thing, it, it's it's a step at a time. What's one courageous thing you can do this next week that you've got faith for? Like you're actually doing it. It doesn't just sound good or tell me what you want, what you want to hear. And so I had, um, a CEO that said, you know what, I need to apologize. She says, we did our strategic planning and end of December, we got into it and I just can't let it go. I I was too harsh, too forceful. I'm just going to go and just say, I'm sorry. And they're probably not expecting it. And so I was like, just do that one thing. Perfect. You've got faith for that, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Humility is asking questions. That's the easiest way to grow in humility is just ask questions. Ask one more question than you normally do. Ask a curiosity question. It can be as easy as what did you do this weekend? And you truly listen and you give some thoughts and you're, you're an active listener. You know, what, what's the project you're working on? Tell me more. That's the easiest way to grow in humility. Just tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And it's about someone else. You're listening well, you're validating them. And it's not about you. So, so curiosity steps and questions are, are three Great ways to grow in openness, courage, and humility. All right. So that's where I want to leave it. I just want to leave everybody today because those are three things that they can take and run with. In any organization, any leader in any organization, it doesn't matter if you're leading a a billion-dollar firm, doesn't matter if you're the pastor of a church, doesn't matter if you're, you know, leading a uh, class of uh, second graders. Any organization, anything, any leader can take those things and run with them and gain influence and seek to follow through on the things that the Lord has for them to be doing at that time. All right. So Brandon, let's wrap it up there. Thank you for those different pieces of insight. Audience, please uh, check in with the description to find out different information about Brandon and his organization, Five Capitals, what they're doing on the the leadership and, and team development, organizational development, and on the real estate venture. What an exciting opportunity and a great concept. Thank you for being on the Three Wins Podcast. Appreciate your time. 
You got it. Look forward to doing it again.